Brothers and sisters, we woke up this morning to the tragic news that Pope Benedict XVI had died at the age of 95. Now, we had been informed that his health was declining these last few days, and when that news first broke, my priest's group text started to blow up. And there was a lot of back and forth, and one of my priest friends said, well, but you know, at 95, he's probably just ready to go. And now he's at peace, after many years of faithful service. And I ask all of you to pray for the repose of the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict, especially on Thursday, when his funeral mass will be celebrated in Rome. And as we gather here tonight to give thanks to God for the gift of this past year and in expectation of the gift of the new year to come, and as we pray for the repose of the soul of one so dedicated to the service of God, we also gather to celebrate the feast day of Mary, the mother of God. And I think there's no better way for us to gather all these threads together than by using a quote from Pope Benedict's own writings. Every encyclical, every letter that a pope writes that, that is addressed to the whole church includes at the end a meditation on the Blessed Mother. For no matter what the pope may talk about, Mary can always serve as an example of the Christian mysteries. And in Pope Benedict's last letter, entitled Space Halvi, the hope of salvation. He wrote this about Mary. With her yes, she opened the door of our world to God himself. She became the living ark of the covenant in whom God took flesh, became one of us, and pitched his tent among us. With her yes, she opened the door of our world to God himself. And God desired that open door, access with and for us. It was a door closed in the Garden of Eden, closed by the sin of our first parents. Their no to God was an attempt to keep God at arm's distance. And God only ever enters in where he is invited. And so, the whole history of salvation from that moment on became a constant series of knocks on that closed door. God's desire for that open access with us is foreshadowed in his relationship with the chosen people of Israel. In the book of Numbers, granted not a book of the Bible that maybe many of us are very familiar with, we have this beautiful passage, these words of benediction that Moses and Aaron are to speak over the Israelites. And in this prayer, in this blessing, God gives a bit of himself away. He gives permission 
for his chosen people to call on him by name and to speak blessing into each other's lives. God, being God, would be well within his rights to say, look, I'm the source of blessing. I'll decide who to bless and who not to bless. You just sit there and wait for me to show up. But because God desires a real relationship with us, he makes himself vulnerable. He hands over this permission. Use my name. Say to one another, the Lord bless you and keep you. Invoke my name, call upon my power to bless so that I might be in your heart and on your lips throughout your daily lives. God desires to have our daily conversation peppered with his name. That we might participate in God's own power to bless, to speak goodness and blessing into each other's lives. God's desire for that open door with us, for that access with and for us, is of course fulfilled in the Incarnation, the great mystery of Jesus Christ who we celebrate in this Christmas season. The gift of Jesus is once again that gift of access. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus. A name is a powerful thing. Someone speaks your name in a crowded room and your ears perk up. It's the cocktail party effect. And to speak someone's name is already to invoke their presence. If I were to say, Deacon Anthony, come over here, he's already nervous. Now look at him. But even to speak his name is to invite him into this space. And so it is when we use another person's name. We, when we give another our name, we give a part of ourselves away, allowing that person to invoke us, to call us, to grab us and draw us close. And the Son of God is given a name. He's named Jesus, Yeshua, God saves And that name of access, that name that allows us to call on God, to reach out to Jesus and to draw him close, doesn't just begin eight days after his birth. The name was given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Because the name of Jesus reveals something about God from the very beginning that God saves. God desires to be named by us and to be called upon by us. And so that desire of God to have access with and for us, foreshadowed with his people Israel, fulfilled in the incarnation, is now completed in you and me. Because St. Paul rejoices with the little church in Galatia, we are no longer slaves. Because what is one thing a slave cannot do? A slave cannot use the name of his or her master. That would be too familiar, too close. Slave and master are on totally different social strata. But we are no longer slaves. No longer at a distance from God. For he has given us 
his name, sending the very spirit of his Son into our hearts that we might cry out, Abba, Father. We are no longer slaves, but children by adoption to have that familiar, close contact with God. We can call on God as Father as easily and freely and as truthfully as Jesus himself does. For in receiving Jesus, we have received his spirit and we have become united with the very life of God, so that we are in truth by grace what Jesus is by nature. And all of this, brothers and sisters, all of this familiar access with God is possible because of Mary. Because of a humble, simple girl from the backwater of Galilee. She opens the door to God by trusting his desire for us. She's thrown for a loop when the angel appears out of nowhere. And she is rightfully afraid because angels are scary when they show up. We're not talking about cute little fat cherubs. We're talking about wheels within wheels and eyes both inside and outside. Read the book of Ezekiel sometime. Angels are scary. But do not be afraid, says Gabriel. You have found favor with God. She offers her yes to a new relationship, which might be even more frightening than the angel. I will conceive in my womb and bear a son? The power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow me? I I don't understand this at all. And yet, in it, Mary heard God's desire, the, the knock on that closed door of sin. And Mary's yes opened that door, gave access to that place of hurt that needed healing, of that place of death that needed life. Through her, we receive Jesus, who takes human nature through Mary for us. He joins human nature to his own divine nature, bringing about that reconciliation of creator and creation, of God and humanity. And Jesus establishes a new relationship. That relationship of the open door of access between us and God. It is the family of faith that we now live in. For each and every one of us has become a child of God. A part of God's own family. And this new year, brothers and sisters, is a fresh opportunity to live as the members of that family of faith. With Mary as our model, our yes to God opens a door for him to enter. What the angel said to Mary is also addressed to us, do not be afraid. And I know there are places in our lives we are afraid to let God enter. Past hurts and wounds, grudges, relationships, constant places of sin fears, doubts, even points of despair. We fear to let God in, afraid of what he might say, what he might do, what he might see. If I opened that door, 
But once again, that angelic announcement comes to us, do not be afraid. God desires you, desires that closeness that can only exist within God's own heart. Jesus gives himself to us, body and soul, so that we may give ourselves to him. When we give him that access to our daily lives, we live with our mother in the fullness of grace as brothers and sisters of Christ, sons and daughters of the Father.